This is Learning Innovation, the teaching and learning podcast, also known as LittlePod. We are created by Lethbridge College's Centre for Teaching, Learning and Innovation, located in Lethbridge, Alberta, Canada, on the traditional lands of the Blackfoot Confederacy. In the spirit of equity, diversity and inclusion, and Nitsitapi Simstan, or real thinking, we play host to a spectrum of guests from the teaching and learning community. As we highlight and explore innovation in education, we hope to kindle warm conversations, expand perspectives, and foster lasting partnerships today, tomorrow, and beyond. The future of learning starts now. Okay, and welcome to episode number 47 of The Little Pod. Today we're talking about the STEM, which is science, technology, engineering, and mathematics, collaboration between Westwind School Division and the Centre for Trades at Lethbridge College. This collaboration has been in the works for a couple of years now, and it's exciting to announce that it's hitting the implementation stage. Our special guests who will be sharing are Warren Anderson, a teacher from Westwind School Division, who is facilitating the STEM project with Lethbridge College, Eric Mitchell, an automotive instructor at Lethbridge College, and Spencer Wenzel, a teacher from Westwind School Division. They're all putting a lot of time and effort to bring this STEM project to life. Welcome, everyone. Hello, Donna. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. Warren, we've had the pleasure of hosting you around a year and a half ago about STEM. Can you refresh our memories about this STEM collaboration between Westwind and the college? Yeah, it's, it's been about a year and a half. Um, so the STEM collaboration project um, really facilitates the learning that K-12 students do in the areas of math and science or, or STEM and builds connections between the K-12 curriculum and the trades curriculum. So since our last, uh, last podcast, we really, really exploded, um, to say the least. We've, we've done lots of curriculum mapping. I believe the last time we met, we worked with the automotive service technicians in aligning their curriculum with K-12 math and science. And since then, we've aligned with other trades at Lethbridge College, which include wind turbine technicians, carpentry, welding, the pipe trades, culinary, heavy duty, and agriculture mechanics. And we're currently scheduled to map out uh, electrical. Um, and in doing so with the curriculum mapping, we're looking for connections that have a legacy. So these connections um, connect to multiple grades or multiple subjects or multiple um, trades. And then from there, we develop several resources um, which it all depending on the, the connection, right? Some resources are digital resources that are hosted on our website. Uh, we have an expert directory, which links um, industry experts found in our community to um, teachers and the college. And then we have learning kits, which are hands-on kits that uh, teachers can use to address these math and science concepts that are found in the trades and in their classrooms. Um, digital resources include activity plans that go along with with the kits, videos, 3D printing files. Um, and I guess going back to the kits, we, we really have three different types of kits. We have a demonstration kit, which teachers can use to demonstrate a concept, kind of a whole class instruction um, type of thing. We also have a, a toolkit, which really focuses on tools used in the trades 
and the math and science connection that the tool addresses. And we have project kits, which are really hands-on kits that students get to construct something um, that ties directly to to uh, a trade. That's that's quite exciting. That's a tremendous amount of work that uh, has been done. That's really fantastic. Um, so there's STEM, which is science, technology, engineering, and math. Then there's STEAM, which is science, technology, engineering, art, and math. Is this collaboration on both STEM and STEAM? So we prim- we're primarily focused with STEM at the moment, um, but there are elements of the arts, so creative arts and language arts that can be integrated. So currently we are leaving it up to teachers to kind of integrate any components of the arts, but this project is, is large and seemingly endless in potential. And I do see at some, at some future point the integration of the arts as things continue to progress. It sounds like you've probably developed a good prototype for for the arts or or other subject areas. Yeah, we can definitely integrate them. Like I, I'm thinking of language arts, for example, right? I know in some of the activity plans that pertain to to some of the learning kits, we do have opportunities for students to write a reflection or write a report or engage in some kind of writing or speaking task, right? Which which pertains to language arts, right? And in some of the trades, um, I guess I'm, think, I'm thinking welding, for example, there is a, an element of artistry involved as well that can incorporate some of the creative arts. But we really haven't dug too deep into that area yet. Well, it sounds like you've been pretty busy with what you've w- been working on. Um, so I'm curious to hear from Eric and Spencer about their roles and perspectives in this STEM collaboration. Uh, Eric, can you tell us a bit about what you're seeing from an instructor's point of view on these STEM developments? Yeah, you betcha. So just a little background on uh, my involvement with STEM is that when I started at the college, they asked me, hey, do you want to be involved in STEM? I um, had no idea what STEM was. And then, you know, fast forwarding into uh, our electrical in the second semester, we had some students pulling apart uh, a door on a vehicle and they pulled the door skin right off. And I'm like, well, that's, that's really neat in the back of my mind, thinking about STEM and how it relates to the real world and things like that. And well, here's an opportunity that we can show how the electricity works inside of a power door to make the mechanics work of it. So from my aspect as an instructor, we actually took that door right off of that car. It was a teardown vehicle. And so we, we salvaged that door, pulled the door skin off. We even made a video of it, uh, Warren and I. Um, so that door was much too large to actually get out to all these schools and get out to the West Winds. Uh, so we decided to take the, the basic components of it and install it into a wooden box, which is one of our STEM kits that goes out. Now, if, with my students, they struggle with electrical, probably, you know, we're, we're trades-minded individuals. That's part of being a trades person is that you want to be hands-on. But electrical is a very abstract, or sorry, abstract concept we found. So what we did was we placed red and green LED lights into that kit. And as you press the button up and down, it then changes which lights are lighting up showing the direction of current flow. So that's the project that we use to get out to the to the schools. 
But I've also taken that and I've brought it into my classroom as well. I actually just wrapped up uh, electrical last week. Um, and yeah, we use that exact same kit right in our classroom. Uh, we've got some test points on there that we can do our measurements, our voltage measurements, our uh, amperage measurements, all of that stuff. So from my role as an instructor here at the college, utilizing the same kits that are going out to the students is is fantastic. And I actually have children that uh, just finished grade five and just finished grade nine. So they're six and, and 10 respectively. And they, they talk about electrical in those grades. And so it was great to actually utilize that in my own home for my own children. That's really fascinating to, to see all the different connections just from those mm -hmm. kits. That's quite amazing. Okay. And what about for you, Spencer? Um, I just want to say first, that kit's really cool. I went to a PD day and we got to look at all the kits and I was like a little kid playing with the wires and uh, I'm going to definitely use it because we're starting our electricity and magnetism unit. They put um, compasses in there so I can show them Orsted's uh, demonstration with it. And um, it's just nice having like the practical. I help map the curriculum between the school and the college trades. And I, I think I got into that because I was at a small school. So I taught all the way from grade six math to calculus and I taught high school chemistry and physics. So I had a lot of the curriculum well known. Um, uh, there's three things I noticed just from my perspective is the first thing I noticed was the quality of the instructors at the college. They were all like the depth of their knowledge. They were all just excellent instructors. They knew their stuff. It seemed like they were really passionate about their stuff, um, about their subject matter and I'll be honest, there's some of the most fascinating conversations I ever had uh, in my life was with <laughs> when we were mapping these, we got off on track with quite a bit, just talking about interesting STEM ideas. And then we'd come back and get back to mapping, but they were fascinating conversations. Um, the second thing I noticed was the amount of technical knowledge needed in the trades was mind blowing to me. Like I, I had no idea all the stuff that students needed to know. Which brings me to my third point is the number of connections was also way more than I thought. Meaning that I thought maybe a, a ten, like a fifth or something of the outcomes from the student of like a program of studies would map to the what they need. But it was way more than that. And I saw how important it was for the students to know and what they needed to know in the program of studies so they could be successful in the trades. That's quite fascinating. And it's quite fascinating how you saw all those connections. And I imagine if you as an instructor, a uh, teacher saw all those connections, your students must really see that as well as they go through this. Well, I'm, I'm hoping I can get them to see that. And I can hoping I can uh, use these kits so they can see, okay, here's all the connections from what I'm learning to what I could be doing for a career someday. Yeah, that sounds like really, is, is that kind of the heart of the the program? I, I would say from a teacher perspective, yes. Like for sure for me is making those connections, the real world connections between theory and practice. And I think that's why those conversations were so interesting to me because I was like, oh, okay, I'm studying all about electricity and magnetism and physics. I'm teaching them this. Well, here's, <laughs> this is how it's actually working in a car door, right? And so it was really interesting. 
So just a, uh, an interesting note on that, that you mentioned that real world application. I was the type of kid that I really didn't like school. Like uh, I struggled with it. Why do I need to learn this? Why do I need to know this? Right. Physics, you know what, whatever. I, I could care less of that. It wasn't until I was actually here instructing at the college, you know, I'd, I'd already taken my apprenticeship. I was, you know, I really enjoyed electrical right from the get go. I, I got in here. It was my second year. I was already taught electrical. And then I was talking to one of the other, um, uh, he, he had taught physics before, uh, in different, uh, different, uh, location. And he was like, well, that's what we teach in physics. And that's what we, and it blew my mind that, you know what? I actually did know physics. So if somebody had have told me when I was at a young age that this is why you're learning this so that it can be a practical use to you for what you're already passionate about. I'm passionate about vehicles. I'm passionate about how does the hooking this battery up to this and this make it do this? Well, that's all science and physics. And I, I didn't draw that connection. So I'm really excited to see you working with the students to get them to draw that connection. I don't know. I just, just hearing this conversation kind of brings some things to top of mind for me. Um, one of the reasons I'm an educator is for the aha moments that students, like they, they discover, right? And as I've worked from kind of the start until, until now, um, working with instructors and teachers, I've realized that those aha moments are not just isolated to students seeing the aha moments happen with instructors and teachers and, and myself, right? Um, as we curriculum map, as we develop kits, like Eric, you were describing the, oh, that, that actually is, that is physics. And, uh, and Spencer was saying, oh, this, just how the curriculum does align, how the trades do connect to what I'm teaching in my subjects in, in school. It, it is that aha moment that really brings the learning to life, right? Mm -hmm. And that, that ignites that passion. And that's what we're hoping for, for not only students, right? We do want students to um, experience that and then embrace it in whatever capacity, right? That suits them. But we also want that to happen with instructors and teachers. So this collaboration has, for, for me, just being able to kind of sit on the sideline as, as a consultant, but also as a, as a teacher, right? To see that has just been, has been amazing, I was almost 40 before I had my aha moment that, you know what, I do know physics <laughs> and I enjoy it. Uh, an aha moment is an aha moment. And Absolutely. I think uh, it sounds like, you know, you're having many of them with this, which is great. Uh, so I have a question for all of you. Um, how has professional development in STEM and STEAM impacted your professional practice? Well, for me, one, one thing we're trying to do here as well, in addition to the kits and the expert directory, is offer professional development sessions in the area of, of STEM, um, particularly with, with the STEM project that we're doing here at Lethbridge College. And a couple of weeks ago, at the, the end of summer, we had around 60 teachers from Westman School Division come in, and we had them engage with all the kits that we have available. Now, Part of that, we also included the instructors who had a hand in developing these kits, um, speak to the process with them. And then kind of an added layer of professional development, we brought in industry experts. So when teachers actually engaged in tasks with the kits, the industry was there to make that make that connection, solidify that connection to, to the trades. So 
returns the question, how has professional development in STEM impacted my professional practice? For me, it's, it's made it just concrete, right? A lot of what I teach or what I, yeah, what I teach in school is, is theoretical and trying to tie to something practical, something hands-on, something that students can relate to, to make it come alive. Um, for me, this professional development has done that. Uh, for myself, like, you know, Warren was saying, he's the theoretical side of things. I'm more of a practical side of things. So going and seeing what other instructors are doing in, you know, in the STEM project and stuff like that, it, it energizes my drive to try something new. And you know what, it might fail, but I like to, I like to take those ideas that I've seen and then try and implement them. Our uh, LEDs and stuff on our power window box. I mean, it's, it started with me and my co-teacher, Dave Cole, just sitting around throwing ideas off of each other. And, um, we bounce those back and forth. And then I would wake up at, you know, three, four in the morning and, and this wiring diagram would pop into my head. And so the professional development side of things, it increases my ability to visualize a project and then execute that project and be able to take that to my students and hopefully be able to pass that on to the, uh, you know, the, the elementary schools and middle and high schools. Sounds like a really innovative process. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Very early morning process a lot of times too. <laughs> uh, for me personally, I took all, I took all the labs I had in physics and I threw them out and I replaced them with STEM challenges. So actually just today I had kids building towers in my physics 20 class and they were, there's certain guidelines and point structure. Um, and so I've also started a robotics club at my school since I've started doing this, just because I see how interesting the hands-on aspect is. So I think just for me personally, that's how it's, um, it's changed the way I've taught. And I also encourage the trades when I teach now, I'll bring up things. I talked, I talked mostly with the welders and the plumbers, but I'd say, Hey, here's an application to plumbing. And this is some really interesting things. Uh, so I try to encourage the kids and even like very much so my academic kids to go into the trades, see that it's like, if you're really good at a trade, you can make a big difference. Like it's huge. So, so how are you seeing, um, students responding? to what you're doing. I mean, this, um, and I'll go back to you, Spencer, as far as like, this sounds really exciting. I can mm -hmm. see that students, you know, would find this really a lot of fun. Um, what, what are you hearing from students? What are you seeing with students? They, uh, so I did, I started doing this engineering challenge with my grade 11s and now they're in grade 12. So I did it last year and all my grade 12s are like, can we please do that activity again? Because that was so much fun. Um, if I do it well, though, I did one that was beautiful. The other one, I was trying some stuff. It didn't work so well. They're like, we didn't like that other one, but we liked the first one. So if it's done well, they absolutely love it. Well, that's kind of the nature of teaching. Yes. Sometimes things <laughs> sometimes things work and sometimes you yeah. got to go back to the drawing board. <laughs> right. But yeah, no, they, they really liked it. And they're, it's, I don't know, I think I'm going to keep going along that path and keep doing it. Yeah, that sounds like a, a great success. Mm-hmm. Okay, and, and what about for you, Eric? Oh, <laughs> like the success with the students and stuff like well, that. Yeah, what uh, are you hearing from them or what are you seeing? Well, I got to go back to what my kids are saying, uh, especially my, uh, he's in grade 10 this year, but last year he was in grade nine and he was talking about the STEM project that's, that uh, I was working on with his, uh, 
high school teacher and you know they, they have these old kits that are you know a nine volt battery in it that the batteries are always dead and they're always chasing this that and the other thing and he said he's like ah, if, if i had had this it would have made things a lot easier so the you know and outside of stem just even like shop class and stuff like that just being able to work with their hands myself not being that academic kid i like i said i didn't enjoy it but and i see that same thing in my son and he his friends are the you know, along the same, same path. And he actually just sent me a picture of this beautiful little mini uh, log home that he built uh, today. And he just, just finished it uh, probably about an hour ago. And he was telling me a couple of weeks ago that they were using college style uh, modules and things like that. So they're aligning their curriculum with what the college is doing. So it's a beautiful transition into what they'll be doing for a career down the line. Now, whether or not he decides to build homes or become a doctor, I, I don't care. I support him with whatever he chooses, but I want him to be the best at whatever it is he is doing. And this STEM project is giving him that opportunity to get a good foothold in his future. And I'm sure that the same can be said for all the other children. I just, mm-hmm. I, I see it in my own son's life. And that's, that's one of the goals of the STEM project is to promote awareness among students, right? Of what is out there, what are the options? And like you're saying, Eric, whether he chooses to do something that is in line with the trades or with STEM or whether he doesn't, he's been made aware, right? And for me, that is key. Like I think about my own experience going through school and I, my awareness was limited to the things that I had experience with and exposure to, right? And so as we continue to work with instructors and teachers so that expo- so students are exposed to more more trades more careers more vocations then students can make that informed decision regarding what they want to do and when someone whether it's a student or an adult teacher or instructor when they're engaged in something that they want to do they're excited they're engaged it's it, it becomes a passion for them right they tend to do better better with it as opposed to something that maybe they're not as interested in. I'm curious if there are any commonalities between students in K to 12 and students in post-secondary. Um, I, I would say, I'd say so. Um, this is, this is actually something I've observed over kind of the years. So, cause I taught at grade six to 12. So I'd see kids year to year to year to year. Um, and so it was interesting observation was I would teach kids and I'd get them. This was when I first started teaching. I'd teach kids and I'd teach them, okay, this is how you calculate the circumference of a circle. I'd get them next year and that learning didn't transfer, right? And so if they could do the test, they, got, they could get 100% on the test, but next year that learning was gone. And I thought it was interesting. Uh, and that... An observation that goes along with that is when we went to the different college for that PD day and we went to the different instructors in the different areas, we walked around and then they said, does anyone have any questions? And I always would put up my hand and say, what is it that students, like what knowledge are they missing for this trade? And the answer was always math, right? (laughs) Always math. Um, And it's not that I don't think the teachers didn't teach them the math. I feel like it it's because it didn't transfer, right? It didn't transfer from year to year. And I was like, okay, 
so why is that happening? So I'm back in my first couple of years of teaching and I'm like, why is the learning not transferring? I want it to transfer from year to year. I want it to be like deep learning that sticks. Like how do you make learning sticky? Because we always talk about the speed of learning, but we don't talk about, about the speed of forgetting because you only remember remember about 20%. I'm like, how do I get that up to 80%? Uh, and what I realized I was doing is I wasn't actually teaching the deeper concepts behind things. So for example, if I was teaching how to like find the circumference of a circle, I would say, okay, you take the number, the diameter, and you multiply it by pi, 3.14, done. Here's 200 questions till you got it. And the kids were just memorizing. They weren't actually, it wasn't actually deep learning. So then what I started to do was, was like, Okay, they, they, they actually need to understand what's going on. Like, what's real here? Because you lose a lot of interest with the kids if they don't actually get what's going on. And they think, well, this is, what's the point? So what I, what I get them to do, I'm like, okay, well, what is it? I have to know myself. Okay, it's the ratio between the circumference and the diameter. That's pi, and then you can figure it out from there. I'm like, well, what's a ratio? Do the kids know what a ratio is? Do they know what a circumference is? Do they know what a diameter is? Okay. Do they understand what those things mean? If I say, draw me a circumference, could they do it? And so I, uh, what I did is I started teaching that way. It was way harder to teach that way because you got to get the kids to understand these deep concepts, but the payoff is, is it sticks from year to year. And so I'd actually get them to go out and measure and take string and measure around circles and different circles. Right. And so I do, I do the same thing with my physics 30 kids. I give them a formula and I'm not like, here's a formula. I'm like, can, can they explain to me what this means? Do they actually understand what this formula means, right? What I really like about these STEM kits, oh, by the way, I, I found learning transferred way better, way better from year to year. And so when the, the college uh, instructors saying they don't know the math, I feel like a lot of them are just missing the deeper concept and so it doesn't transfer by the time they get to the college and they struggle with it what i like about these stem kits is i can i have practical examples to build the deeper conceptual learning that i'm trying to instill within the kids that's fascinating and and so i mean that is so important you know if if the learning doesn't stick then you you can't really go anywhere right yeah so, um, yeah, that's what I'm excited for these kits for, because I can build the concept better if they have an actual example, too. Right. Yeah, yeah. that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. yeah, wonderful. And I'll just echo what Spencer said. I've, I've um, assisted with many of the tours that we've had here with teachers and visiting the shops and every single tour that we've done. Um, there's always the the concept that students struggle with math or or a particular thing like fractions or decimals or or ratios right and that's and that same thing that's identified by the instructor as a struggle amongst their students is also identified by the teachers in that session yeah our students also struggle with that so i just i just want to echo what spencer said and and in my discovery as a teacher as well something that's helped with the student retention of a particular concept um is being able to link it to something that students are exposed to on a regular basis. So an example could be when I when I taught angles, right? I would teach um, 
how to calculate angles, how to measure angles. And I started integrating tools that students would use to measure these angles. And I would do so in an environment that they would be exposed to every day, like a classroom or something they could find in their home. So when a student does see that angle or does um, see that tool, um, they would be re they would remember kind of the process that they went through and that would keep it afresh in their mind. That's something that I've found has also helped with it, right? But yes, definitely teaching and addressing the deeper level of concepts is, is foundational and key for that, for that to happen as well. Uh, one thing that I noticed, you know, you, you mentioned the word foundational and, you know, I, I'm now seeing, you know, what you guys have now passed on, passed on to me. The commonality that I see is that a lot of the students that come into my class, they, they'll say that I didn't do good at school. I was terrible at school. I didn't like school. And they almost, the way they say it, they're almost embarrassed by it and they feel guilty about it. And that I can almost speak with 100% surety is very common across the board. I've seen it for my full three years here. Um, I make sure on my very first day that I reassure them, you know what? I didn't like school. I didn't see that commonality. I felt I kind of felt dumb about myself some days because I didn't get it up here, but I had it here in the hands. That's fine. You know what? It's that foundation of you're not, you're not dumb. You just are struggling with this concept. Now, when I get into teaching the electrical and Ohm's law and stuff like that, I make sure that I say, don't, don't get hung up on memorizing the numbers. Don't hang up on that. I got a calculator here in my pocket. Every single one of us has a calculator in your pocket. Learn the formula, learn the process to get there. Because I remember my first year <clears throat> as an apprentice sitting in the back and I didn't get it and I didn't get it. And I, they're trying to throw these numbers at me. And I'm like, I, I don't get it. It's not sticking. Once I set aside the numbers then focused on the process, then it stuck. And then it, I was able to take it and run with it and just plug those numbers in. So yeah, for me, I make sure that I let my students know, you know what? I get that you didn't like school. I didn't like it either. I am no different than you, but I learned the processes and, and I embraced my weaknesses and please do the same. We'll work through this. So the foundation is huge, huge. Yeah. And it's wonderful that you all have developed you know, worked on this project and, and the kits because, you know, maybe a student would come to this eventually on their own, but this really helps them to get to there and see those mm -hmm. connections so that they can, um, you know, enjoy the learning and, and um, you know, start to feel some confidence in, in what they're learning about. Are there other big takeaways from your experience with the Lethbridge College STEM project? It sounds... Uh, uh, you've talked about the kits, and I know there's some other aspects to it as well. So maybe um, talk about those or some of the big big takeaways you've had from the experience. One thing that I've done as I delivered kits to schools and met with teachers is the level of excitement that teachers have to implement these kits and these resources and to make the learning come alive. And I think one reason why they are excited is because they've gone through that process themselves through the professional development opportunities that we've we've uh, we've offered so I think even though it's not a current big takeaway but I, I hope that it's be a big take it's going to be a big takeaway in the near future is the feedback 
right? Having these kits in classrooms, having them in the hands of students. I, I'm excited to hear what they really like about it, what's working well. But at the same time, I'm excited to hear, you know what, we need to tweak this. We need to address this or this is coming out of this experience. And for me, that just opens up the doors further. Okay, we need to get, we need to get more teachers in here with more instructors. We need to address this. We need to figure out a way for students to, and for teachers to address this, this concept and make these connections, right, between the trades. So that's, that's a big, um, I guess, potential in the future takeaway that I'm anticipating. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm just excited to test them. Um, to see how it goes and um, hopefully I'll try to get the other teachers they can come see what's going on in my classroom and they'll be inspired to come take the kits out and check them out I've had a few teachers ask about them already uh, and we just got the first half of the kits we're getting the other half soon Um, and I just really I don't know it it was an invaluable experience to me to learn from the other instructors and to see the connections because I I, I pretty much have gone from grade one to 12 because I'm teaching my own kid math and I enjoy doing that and it's interested to see beyond into like what's after high school and how does the learning go all the way from kindergarten to now college and it's just it's painted a really beautiful picture in my mind of all the, how the, all the concepts intertwine and are connected. And I think typically prior to something like this, a K to 12 teacher sees, well, you've, you've probably seen a lot of grades, but not I've seen a lot. Yeah. But, but some teachers don't see as many, but, but they don't see beyond grade 12 because they're not teaching beyond. Right. That. So this is a great opportunity to, to see that whole connection. And especially like university. I, I took, physics and math so it was all very abstract and like just like to see the practical side of what I'm teaching has just been like I've never had that experience before so it was an invaluable experience to me and I was just grateful I had the chance to work on it and to meet some excellent people yeah for myself um I really enjoyed the collaboration with the with the teachers you know to to talk to them about things that I just do on a day-to-day and take them for granted as this is just how a vehicle works and then to see them have their aha moment of oh well that's what we teach in this and that's what we teach in that and to see their excitement would get me excited i remember one of the first things we had was a a moving seat base off of a vehicle you know everyone takes for granted they just move the the things in it and it moves right and we didn't do that one because there's a lot of pinch points we could just see kids putting their fingers in it and whatnot but uh yeah watching their excitement with something that i have touched hundreds of and replaced and repaired and so yeah that that was my big takeaway seeing that excitement that's very cool um so i'd like to dive in a little bit deeper into one of these kits in action um can you talk me through one of them as a student (laughs) so my mind comes to three experiences in I know you asked for one, so I'll, I'll just pose this to, to Eric and Spencer, Spencer and then uh, myself. So I know Eric has been involved and instrumental in the automotive window motor kit. And Spencer has helped with the curriculum mapping and the design, the initial design of the fluid properties kit for plumbing. And then I know for myself, one of the kits that I've um, implemented and held activities or facilitated activities for was the the wind turbine kit. So if one of you two feels strongly talking about 
one of the kits that you're instrumental in. I'll let you do that. If not, I can talk about the wind turbine kit. Okay. Well, the I kind of feel bad because I'm always talking about the uh, the power window one, but I love it. I'm you know that's was kind of uh, my baby there for quite a while and watching it grow and develop. I mean, the first one we made was on a pegboard that I found in the back of the automotive shop and it was rude and crude, but you know, we had some wire loops in there and we could, we could show amperage using, we have the, um, these red inductive amp clamps that measure the magnetic fields around there. And we can show the magnetic polarity as we direct current in one way and out the other way. And then you switch it and you watch the magnetic field change. You watch the, the amperage change. Um, so I get really excited about that kit because I love it. And uh, I got to give a handout to our carpentry uh, department that, that actually constructed the wooden box. They did a fantastic job with that, really brought it to life and actually made it look like uh, what didn't fall off the back of a turnip truck or something like that. Um, yeah, so just the activities, we designed it so that we could see the direction of current flow. That was the biggest thing so that we could see where voltage was and where ground was. It wasn't until... I want to say just before one of our instructors uh, up in Calgary last spring, that big instructors conference up there, that we started playing with the, the compasses on it. And then you'd mentioned earlier in this uh, podcast about being able to show the magnetic fields changing with the compass. That kit was not designed to have that in there. That that came along just as a, hey, well, we could try this. And we also have a little tiny light bulb that goes on it with little alligator clips, and we can create a parallel circuit. That wasn't designed for that. It That was one of those, oh, hey, we have this. We could try this. And uh, we can do a series circuit with it as well. And we have a little, uh, little pigtail that disconnects, and we can put a series bulb in there. Now we can show, well, how come this bulb was bright before, but now it's weak now, like it doesn't light up very good. So... You know, it started out as one thing and then developed into a whole lot more beyond what we even originally thought of. So that's why I'm excited and passionate about, about that one. I love the other kits too, you know, it's, but that one's my, that yeah. was my favorite. <laughs> it's exciting to see when it sort of had one purpose and then you discovered many others yep. with it. Yeah, uh, fluid dynamics. I haven't had a chance to implement it yet in my class, which I will. Um, but I did a lab actually kind of based on the on the conversation I had with the plumbers. Uh, I know when I was talking to them, there's just like you think, okay, you put some fluid in a pipe and it flows. Uh, but it is way more complicated than that. You have to look at like the height. How does the height of the pipe affect things? How does the length? How does the radius? How does the uh, liquid that you have in there affect how things flow? Um, and all those things are factors. So I did an engineering challenge that was similar. I gave them 10 feet of pipe and I said, I said, okay, you have corn syrup. You're allowed to dilute it. How fast can you pass the corn syrup through 10 feet of pipe? Right. Um, and the students, uh, tried to figure it out. Right. Now, if they diluted it, it cost money. I made this whole economy with it. And it, that was all of a result of what I talked about with the plumbers. Now that the kits are here, I have a little uh, gauge that we can read the pressure, I believe, coming yeah, out, which, yeah. So that's going to be very useful. Um, I said, I talked about it earlier. It didn't work out because I didn't incorporate the length of the pipe. 
And then I came back to the day and I talked to the plumbers and I said, what went wrong here? And he's like, we got to incorporate the length. And he called it head friction. I think it was based on the length of the pipe. And I was like, oh, okay, that's why it failed because we didn't take that into account, right? But it was really interesting uh, doing that. So I'm looking forward to getting that kit because I can use the pressure gauge. And that's what I like about these kits is they give you a beautiful template of this is how you can do it. But if you're a teacher and you're like, well, actually, I think I want to modify it this way uh, based on like, what I want to do, that's, it gives a lot of flexibility with the kits too. Um, so I think the main thing is just getting the teachers to get them out, explore them. This is how I can implement it in my class. And once they do that, then it'll be very powerful. We had an on-campus um, experience where we had um, several youth and students come. And one of the kits that I had in place was the wind turbine kit. And one thing I liked about that, I guess I'll back up, back up and give a brief overview. So with this, students need to design a wind turbine blade that is the most effective and efficient in generating electricity. And so we present students with a variety of materials that they can create these blades out of. And then it's up to them to design and then to uh, construct and then to uh, test. So that's kind of the engineering design process in STEM, right? And then once they test, they are able to redesign and retest until they get the most effective and efficient blade that they uh, they come up with. So one thing that I really liked about that kit is it exposed students to failure, right? And in our society, we're, we're afraid to fail. But I think once we internalize and understand that failure is just a step in the right direction, if we keep walking forward then we'll continue to progress and improve. And so students would install their blades in the turbine and we turn on the fan and you'd see the excitement in their eyes as some of them, the, the turbine turns and they're like, oh, I'm generating electricity. And you see these little lights on a board light up and then you'd see another student who's excited and then it doesn't turn and that kind of drops and they're like, oh, it's not working. But then you just say, you know what, what would you do different? And they think about it. And they'd come up with an idea and say, okay, go do that. Let's try it again. Or if they're struggling with coming up with it, struggling in coming up with an idea, then you can offer a suggestion. Oh, what about the angle, right? Could you adjust the angle of this? What do you think that would do? And then you'd see them think and they go, oh, okay, maybe I'll do that. And we had, we had a lot of students who kind of experienced that where it didn't work. Um, but everyone that went and redesigned and came back they experienced an improvement. Their turbine worked at least better than what it did at that moment. And you saw that excitement return to their eyes and they're like, oh, I'm so glad I went back and I, I made this adjustment. And, and um, that's something that I like about that is just exposing kids that, you know what, you're not going to get it right the first time every time. But the power in it is to just keep on going, to keep progressing and to keep trying. So this sounds all amazing. What does the future like look like now from here? So there's a couple of things I can speak to. So just kind of continuing with what Spencer was talking about. Once teachers, I, I guess the first thing is to get teachers to, to implement these into their practice, right? And one way we can encourage that is through the expert directory. So one thing that I guess the future holds is increasing our expert directory to include 
uh, more individuals from, from a variety of trades. So the purpose of the expert directory is to link teachers with industry um, members who can assist in the implementation of these kits or the development of these kits and host or facilitate or assist the teachers in facilitating learning opportunities where the concepts in math and science are brought to life on the job, on the job site or potentially in the classroom as well. Um, another future thing that the, that the future holds, I guess, is right now we've primarily worked with Westman School Division, but we are branching out to other school divisions in Southern Alberta. Um, we're offering PD sessions to, to them as well. And then the goal is to branch out to the rest of the province and then potentially we could branch out further than that. So that that's kind of um, in that regard. Um, another area is to continue to develop kits and uh, refine the kits that we have out there as well as um, create new kits based on the connections that we've made with, with the trades. I would imagine as more people get involved, do you get more ideas for kits or ways that they can be used? And Yes, yeah, for sure. Like Spencer said, the flexibility that you have with a kit, um, that a teacher has with a kit, they can take the ideas that we have in the activity plans and they can, uh, and, and we made them pretty general so a teacher doesn't necessarily have to follow them. They can kind of take and tweak it to to meet the needs of their students. And, uh, and based on the teacher's practice, they can make it their own. And with those community members, would they be someone that would help, like in your instance that you mentioned, Spencer, where you weren't quite sure why why did this not work quite as I imagined, you know, someone that they can call on and ask that question? Yeah, so that's that, that's one, one key feature of the expert directory is just to be that uh, outlet to clarify a particular trade connection or uh, a math or science concept that is linked to that trade. So... This has been a very fascinating conversation. I can hear the excitement in all of your voices for what you're doing. And and I would love to try these kits. I mean, it just sounds really amazing. And I can see how students would be seeing the connections to the world around them. You know, you drive down the highway and you see the wind turbines and, and you know, we all use electricity and, and plumbing. So, so that's very exciting for students to really start to understand those things. Um, how do people who are interested in getting involved in STEM or STEAM, um, how would they go about that? Well, in connection with the Lethbridge College STEM project, you could always send us an email um, at stem at lethbridgecollege.ca. It's probably the best way to get uh, get in contact with us. Or you could go to the lethbridgecollege.ca website and they have a search field and you can type in STEM and they'll take you to our website as well where you can find information on the kits that we offer as well as the expert directory and the and the learning resources that we have available. Um, I will say that we're constantly adding to the website. So if something's not there, you could wait or you could just send an email, say, hey, have you thought about adding this? And we're always open to suggestions as well. Okay. And before we wrap up, does any has anyone thought of anything else that you'd like to add? Sometimes we touch on something and think, oh, I should mention this. My biggest thing is don't be afraid to get involved. Um, when I st- first heard about STEM, I had no idea what it was. Um, I was kind of intimidated by what's this project that, you know, is being presented to me. But don't be afraid of it and don't be afraid to fail. If you do try and 
well, you just learn some way not to do it and figure some, some something else out. Uh, just, I'll just add that I really enjoyed this process and I, uh, I'm excited to give them feedback to keep it going. So. Well, that's very exciting. Um, it, uh, thank you so much, all three of you for uh, being on the podcast today. And I look forward to hearing about the future projects and the future of this, um, because it sounds like, you know, it's still just beginning. There's so many ways that this is going to go and, uh, it's quite exciting. So thank you. Well, thank you. Thanks. Thanks for having us. This episode featured Donna McLaughlin as host and Warren Anderson, Eric Mitchell, and Spencer Wenzel as guests. Jordana Gagnon was our producer. Ryan Robinson was our sound technician and editor. Our podcast is funded by Lethbridge College's Centre for Teaching, Learning and Innovation and recorded on the traditional lands of the Blackfoot Confederacy. For more episodes, head to learninginnovation.ca. Thanks for listening and take care.